Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. My Bible is open to Luke's Gospel, chapter number 2, beginning at verse number 8. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 2, beginning at verse number 8. I'm reading from a New King James Version. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. I want to talk to you from this subject today, Christ revealed through the eyes of the shepherds. Christ revealed through the eyes of the shepherd. One of the things that just want to help us to know is this. God has revealed himself. God has to reveal himself. You just don't come upon that. But what I love about him, even the heavens declare his glory. So he knows of our fallen nature and he knows that our hearts are desperately wicked because we were born into sin, and so we may not find him in terms of just looking on the surface, so he has to reveal himself. Sometimes you'll go around and you look and you see a rainbow. I know some people have stolen the sign, but originally... It was Noah... 
God's reminder of God's covenant. God reveals himself. And here we see of all the people that God could have chosen. Now, I I get, Kim, I get the Magi because, you know, they're the, they can bring some gifts. In other words, they had some stuff. They were the upwardly mobile people. I can understand him revealing them because they have to have resources to do what you need to do, and I appreciate that. But of all the people God chose to reveal himself to and tell this miracle to, talk about, he chose shepherds. This was the down and outers. These were the outcasts. This was the lower class of people. And all of a sudden, they had this amazing encounter. First of all, I want you to know that Christ, when we look through their eyes, Christ's birth was personal. When you look at verse number 10, it says, The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you. Do you see that? I bring you good tidings. Now, and then it says, Good tidings, uh, meaning, it, it means, well, we get our word eulogize from. It's good news. It's to announce the good news. I have some good news for you. What's the good news? And he says, with great joy, I succumb delight and wellness. I have some good news that I want to tell you. I thought enough of you that you would not be excluded from this. Notice also, he said, there is born to you, not to everybody, to you. So it's personal. Then he says, who's born to you? Notice he uses these terms, a savior, Christ, the Lord. There is born to you a savior. Now, please understand something. I I don't want us to miss the main point of Christmas. You know, you do know the main point of Christmas. Let me just get to the punchline is that we needed a savior. You, you do know that, right? It's not, you know, I appreciate you going to Nordstrom's, Macy's, all, Amazon, all of that. But, you know, and I know you're going to get uh, Alexa and all of that. You know, I know you're going to get some Bose headphones. I know you're going to get all that. Nothing wrong with all that. I know some of you got some new iPhones. You got some Jordans. You got some, all that you have. Name brand. And some of y'all have got some Ordens. Knockoff brand. <laughs> but, but whatever they be, some of y'all got that. The main point of Christmas is not your Ordens, Jordans, iPhone, uh, Bose headphones, or anything like that. No problem with them. But the main point of Christmas is we celebrate this worldwide. You do know this is bigger than the 4th of July. You do know, recognize this, that this is celebrated all across the world. 
And so we recognize that the Savior has come. We needed a Savior, a deliverer, a protector, a healer, somebody to make us whole because I had a condition. You had a condition. What was the condition? I was trapped in my sin. I was in my sin and I had no way of getting to God. I was separated from him. At my best, my righteousness could never measure up. In fact, my own righteousness were filthy rags. So God personalized it and sent me a Savior. Come on, say, he sent me a Savior. So I'm going to be greedy. I want to see this thing through the eyes of these shepherds. He said, I bring to you good tidings. There is born to you a Savior. Notice he says, not only a Savior, but Christ. The Messiah. Please know that the Jews had been waiting on the Messiah for the longest period of time because they were looking to the Old Testament prophets. And when you look at it, you understand that there was waiting. They were waiting on this. They were waiting for a Savior. They just didn't expect him to be born in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. They, they, he didn't come like they thought they thought he would come. And so he said, there's born to you a Savior, but I want you to know that this is just any baby. He's the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the one that you've been longing for. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Please know that he is the Lord. The Lord, meaning he's supreme. He's the one that has all authority. In fact, one of the things we're going to do when we, when we stand before him, we're going to confess that Jesus is Lord. What a confession. Come on, say it. Jesus is Lord. Do you recognize that the scripture tells us that we can't even say that except the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to declare that from with faith in the heart that Jesus is Lord. Come on, say it again. Jesus is Lord. Wow. To the glory of God the Father. So he said, I bring to you, there is born to you. And then he says, understand, I'm not going to leave you out there hanging. This is going to be a sign to you. What's the sign? unusual. You're going to find a babe. Okay, find the baby's fine. Wrapped in swaddling clothes. Y'all do know that this wasn't uh, Huggies. Okay, so this was, this was the, the most comfortable thing. You're going to find him in, a, in swaddling clothes, and you're going to find him lying in a manger, a feeding trough. You know, and some people say trial, whatever you want to say. But, but please understand that this is going to be a sign to you because you don't find babies. Don't, they don't just put babies in feeding trough. At least most people don't. And so this is going to be a sign to you. God chose to send Christ in a form like us so that we could be changed into an image like him. Isn't that amazing? So we have to, Christ's birth, birth was personalized. It, we have to personalize. It was personal. Next thing we see is this. Christ's birth brought peace. When you look at verse tw- uh, 13, it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, "Glory!" Here it is, glory to God in the highest and on earth 
peace, goodwill toward men. Notice, on earth, on the globe as a, in general, as something is happening. Peace. I'm set, peace means to set at one again. It's the picture of two things that were broken that now have come together again. Notice he said, peace on earth. In other words, God and man were separated. All of mankind, there had to be a bridge, something to, we use the word reconcile. The word reconcile just simply means to turn face to face again. And so God sent Christ to be the reconciler. So now we can have peace with God. You understand that? You can have peace with God. Please know, please know that when we say peace, we're talking about God Almighty making the determination that he wants to be in a relationship with you and I. And so what he did, he says, I know that Johnson can't do it on his own. I know he's going to mess up. I know. I give him three hours. <laughs> and you too. Hours. Some of you one. I know you're going to mess up. So what I need to do, I need to bring somebody. I need, well, I, can't, I tried Abraham. That didn't work. Tried the law. That didn't work. And so please understand, he gave a body, and he said, I'm going to go myself. He stepped into a body and lived a life that you and I could never live. He, the God Almighty, he's the God-man, stepped into this body, lived this life. And ladies and gentlemen, that's why they were saying glory to God in the highest. There was no way for man to be redeemed. So now there's peace on earth. Peace on earth. Now I want you to understand something. Oh, God is a God of faith because he already saw the end. He saw the peace before the cross. What are you talking about? Jesus hadn't died yet. They announced the peace at his birth. God was so sure that his plan was going to come to pass. Peace on earth. In other words, I'm declaring the end before the beginning. Before we get started, I know what he's going to do. I know he's going to do everything. He says, I come in the volume of the book to do thy will. And so we understand that he obeyed the Father perfectly. He says, peace on earth, goodwill toward men, meaning satisfaction, delight. Now they can walk in purpose. Now, hear this. People can't be at peace with one another until they have peace with God. Let me tell you something. You can sit and try to reason with people, but there is a nature in people that's called a sin nature. And that nature has been developed, it's fully walking around, it's grown, 
It's going to do what it's going to do. And there are some people that I don't care what you say, what you do, you simply can't get along with them. You know, don't look at anybody. You can't do it. You try everything. you like, I'm going to try to get us together. Have you ever talked to some people? You say, I, 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 you know, I've done everything. I've done everything. I mean, I've tried everything I know to try to bring you all together. You, it's just not. And so I submit to you, one of the reasons is they're not, they don't have peace with God. When you are in internal conflict, it's hard to have relational peace. When you are all ripped up and torn up on the inside, what happens is you begin viewing everybody through the lens of your own personal chaos. And so nobody's right. Don't bother me. Then you start making statements, they all don't like me. Nobody, you know, all that kind of stuff. Keep looking straight. Everybody's against me, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so what happens is you have to say, wait a minute, I need to check my own heart. I need to check my own heart and see, first of all, how am I with God? Now, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. Saints, can be interesting too. I'm talking about Christians. You know who Christians are, right? Christians. This is my saying. This is a John. This is a Billy Johnson original. People go to heaven. They don't come from there. Just remember that, and that'll help you get along with folk. I realize people go to heaven. You going? That's where you you'd have. You didn't come from there. You going? And so, <laughs> uh huh. And so we have the responsibility. No wonder Paul had to write all these letters and says, "Look, you know, as much as it depends on you, live at peace." <laughs> you know, but he said, "You know, sometimes you just can't do it because some people are just not, not at peace with God." And I submit to you, if you're having difficulty, this is just a little side note, if you're having difficulty in relationships, check your relationship with God. So I told you, let me, let me, let me hurry on so you can get to your dinner. Um, Christ's birth was personal. Christ's birth brought peace. But here's another thing. Christ for them was worth pursuing. When you look at verse number 15, it says, So it was, when the angels had gone away uh, from them into heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem. Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Verse 16, And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, hear this. It says, let us go now. They went when, went uh, where God was. They began to pursue him. They looked for what God had made known. They looked for what was revealed. They made haste. There was an urgency about him. Here's some questions that I have you. Are you able to stop what you are doing and go and see? what he's revealed. 
Are you able to stop what you're doing and go and see? Hey, 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 look, I'm talking to you. I'm for real. I really am talking to you. Are you able to stop and pursue what God has revealed? Pursue him. You know, I got, I got, I I, I got, I've got, oh, 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 here we go. We sound like the people in Luke chapter 10. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. I got to do that. Are you able to stop? Well, you know, I'm on this career path right now and I, I, you know, I'm I'm upwardly mobile and I've got this. Are you able to stop? Well, you know, I got this going. Are you able to stop? Wait, wait, Pastor, you're being a little bit personal. I just wanted to hear a little Christmas message and let's get on with it. Are you able to stop? Is your life so busy you can't press the pause button? Are you going on such a wheel that you can't pause to go and pursue what he's revealed? That's very telling. Let me tell you why it's very telling. Because it shows the premium that we've placed on the revelation. Meaning what he's revealed. It, it shows where it is on our priority. And so I want, let, let, let me be encouraging to you. Now I want to be in your face a little bit more. No, no, no. I want to challenge you. After you've accomplished everything, after you've bought everything, after you are known by everybody, then what? Then what? Is that the end goal? I submit to you, the fulfillment that you are seeking is in the, in the pursuit that he's directing you toward. Let me tell you something personal. Um, Because I know about God interrupting your life. I, um, there's a, when I came here to Atlanta, I was a minister of music of a church. I was working at the church. I was working at the church and I was getting paid. Paid a check. Okay. It was, you know, it was what it was. But it was, it was a check. It was steady. It was an income. I heard this call that I was to pastor the church, not just pastor a church, I was to found a church. How in the world am I going to start a church? I've never done this before, never seen anybody do it before, up close and personal. Uh, and, And then the other thing is, where's my check? Can we just get real? See, y'all want to play. I don't, you know, where's my check? Because you do realize they're not going to pay me to be absent. And so, so, so I had to do it. I did, I stepped out. I stepped out. And now hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. I'm a man. I was raised with the kind of mentality, work ethic that if you don't work, you don't eat. Men ought to work. 
That's where I, that's the way I was raised. Men ought to work. That's Johnson. That's 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 you know that's how we were raised in our house. You going you going to be a man, you going to work. All right. Now, now, now. Hear this. Hear this. The work that I was doing, there was nobody here. Y'all weren't here yet. And so, you know, my best paying member was my wife. Thank God she was working. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. I'm going somewhere with this. Now, what, what are you saying? What are you saying? I was so frustrated. I, st- I was looking for jobs everywhere because I believe men ought to work. I believe men ought to work. I was on the, in- I was, they wouldn't, you know, I was going down to the Department of uh, Labor, that place. I was looking at anything and everything. It was literally a dog, something with the, do- the uh, dogs for the blind. I don't like dogs in the sense of, you know, I'm not against your dog, but personally, I don't hang out with dogs, you know? And so I was dogs for the blind because I, I said, I'll do it. It was a surveyor, no experience needed. I'll do it. I'll do it. I, whatever you want me to do, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere. I said, Lord, there was, and nothing would open up. Nothing would, I mean, nothing. I felt terrible. Why? Because here I am, my wife, thank God for her, she was, you know, we always had our monies together, but I felt bad because it was like, you know, asking for, I need $20. I mean, you know, come on. I don't feel like a man. You know what I'm talking about, bro? Help me. And I went to God about this. I said, now, Lord, I've gone. It's not like I've been, I haven't been looking for a job. What in the world's going on? And once I shut my mouth, I stopped, paused, and started to listen. He said these words to me. He said, son, your blessing is in your ministry. Wait a minute. And I said this back to him. I said, what ministry? <laughs> See, y'all can say, oh, amen, your blessings. Your... It wasn't no ministry. What ministry? And that kind of settled it for me. I was like, okay, since all these doors are closed, rejection is direction. Rejection is direction. All right? All this is free. None of this is in my notes. You should get back to your notes then. But anyway, hear this. I believe this is for somebody. After I start pursuing what he had revealed, the opportunities, it began to lay out like he said it would. Are you understanding? The first year, my first year salary at New Covenant Christian Ministries was fourteen hundred and something dollars for the year. Y'all do understand what that is, right? And you, this is not a third world country. But what I'm getting at is this. I don't know who this is for. I didn't plan on going this way. But I'll tell you this, that whatever he's revealed, it's worth pursuing. You begin to know him in a way like you've never known him before.
You'll begin to see and experience him doing amazing things in your life like you've never seen before. See, I did not, I've heard that he was Jehovah Jireh, but I found out personally that he is a provider. Are you understanding? I heard that he said, my peace I give unto you. Oh, but I found out personally that he is a peace giver. I heard that he is a way maker, a miracle worker, a promise keeper. But oh, I found out personally that he is a way maker, that he is a promise keeper, that he is able to do what he said he was going to do. I dare you to start pursuing. Christ is worth your pursuit. But you have to stop, pause, hear what he's saying, go in the direction of what he's saying. Make sure you aren't so full of other voices that you don't discern his. Amen. So through the eyes of these shepherds, Christ's birth was personal. Christ's birth brought them peace. Christ was worth pursuing. And, 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 and I'll begin my descent with this, my clothes. <laughs> Let's get to the airport. Ladies and gentlemen, put your seatbelts on. Put your tray tables up. Christ was worth publicizing. Christ was worth publicizing. Verse 17 and 18 says this. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them. They made known what they saw. They made known what they heard. The people that they made it known to marveled. They made known what they saw, what they gazed upon, what they had perceived. They made known what they heard, that which was uttered. They, but the people marveled. The people got to a place where they were in admiration and wonder about what the shepherds had experienced. The shepherds were so impacted that they had to go and tell somebody. My question is this for us. Are you bold enough to say something about the Savior? Are you bold enough to say something about the Savior? Oh, let us not get there on Christmas Day and be ashamed of the Savior. Oh, this is a wonderful opportunity. Oh, do you know why we why we're here? Why we, the world celebrates this? Let's start publicizing. Let's say something about the Savior. Because, come on, say I'm not ashamed of him. Are you ashamed of it? Listen, listen. I I know in whom I have believed. I know who has saved me. I know who has delivered me. I appreciate who you are, what you have, what you do, who you are in my life, but you're not my Savior. I know who saved me. And so I I have to understand, I got to get to that place where I recognize Christ was worth publicizing. He's worth saying something. Now, this is what I have to understand. 
If I say something, it's not my responsibility to make them respond. Their response is not my responsibility. Now, now, hear, hear me. I'm getting ready to pick on us now in the church, especially if you are a teacher, a preacher, a praise leader, or something like this. Just, just do what you're going to do and let the truth do what it's going to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I don't need you, you know, if you're breathing, praise the Lord. Well, all right. You know, and we should praise God, and we'll get to that in a minute. But I want you to understand something. There has to be in us a willingness to simply say something about him, no matter what their, their faces look like, no matter what they say. I know the truth of what, who God is. You understand? Amen. 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 And you, you, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you go get this humongous, they used to have these, back in the day, these family Bibles, you know, they were massive, massive Bible. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I'm not saying you get that big old family Bible. You used to see them at churches, like they used to have a communion table, and sometimes they put the family Bible there. And I'm not saying get that and go to work with it. And then, you know, you, <laughs> John. Chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave, you know, I'm not saying that, but what I am saying, what I am saying is this, there should be something, listen to this, our speech should speak of him, our character should speak of him. Now, don't let your character undermine what you have to say. Don't, in other words, don't let it be that people are surprised that you're saved. You, you drink like a fish. My God. You sell weed. <laughs> what you got for me today? No. So, you know. So, <laughs> oh, we got some guests here today. Members brought our guests. And you just, just explain, say, you know, that's my pastor. And that's kind of, he gets like that sometimes. But this is what I'm getting to. We have the responsibility of publicizing it, but make sure that your life makes the message believable. By the amount of the level of transformation that's happening within you. You know? And so that's what I'm speaking of. And so when we look at this, ladies and gentlemen, Christ's birth was personal. Christ's birth brought peace. Christ was wor- is worth pursuing. And for them, Christ was worth publicizing. And, and, and for real, this is, the, this is the last thing. This is for real. I'm serious. I'm for real. Christ was worth their praise. 
I, I was going to leave that out, but then I said, the text says it right there in verse number 20. It says, then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. They returned glorifying. Glorifying means to speak as being unusually deserving of honor. Meaning I saw something that's way out the normal. You remember when Moses saw the bush? It wasn't nothing strange about bushes burning. It just wasn't consumed. That was a strange thing. And so this was like, I saw something that I'd never seen before. I saw the Christ. And so they, they were glorifying, and then they were praising, means they would begin to speak of the excellence of the person. They begin to praise him. And ladies and gentlemen, listen, listen, listen. You and I are, some of us are introverts, some of us are extroverts, and that's, that's good. So your praise didn't have to look like anybody else's praise. And don't, see, don't get in bondage about all that kind of stuff. You don't praise him like I praise him. You're absolutely right, I don't. <laughs> and so I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that old bunch of stuff. But what I am saying is we have an individual responsibility to bring glory to God to give glory, honor, and praise to God. And so during this season, I just want to encourage you, have your time of praise. Have your time where you begin to honor him. You know, when you begin, earlier we brought it, I believe, an offering of worship to him. When we were saying, oh, come, let us adore him. He's worthy of our praise. And so our God is a great God. And when you're talking about he went through all that he went through to come to earth to redeem us, to bring us back to him, to turn us face to face again with him. And ladies and gentlemen, that, 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 that's what Christmas is about. When you look at the shepherds, they had an experience that was just simply amazing. It was personal. <laughs> it brought peace. They got to a place where they had to publicize it and begin praising God for their experience. So now, listen to me. Praise is an act of your will. It's not, and, and, and when we look at it, it starts as an act of your will where you give thanks to God. All right? Can we do that today? Can, can, I'm talking about, can we do that now? So, so let's go ahead. Go ahead and give him praise now. Thank you, Lord. 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 We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.